Hey team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Drinkon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to give back and support the Eternal Optimist community, go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. just dive in and get started here, Dom, with a hard-hitting question to kick off. Let's just get straight to it. What's something that's been one of the hardest things you've ever had to endure or overcome in your life so far? There's many. I guess we'll start from the beginning. So my parents had me when they were in high school. So they were 15 and 17 years old. They never got married. I was an accident. And when my mom was 18 years old, she joined the military and she later found out that when you're in the military, you cannot have your children with you unless you're married. Now, I don't know if it's the same thing or if it's just for women, not for men. I don't know the rules. That was just what it was back then. So a few years after she joined the military, she married my stepfather. And later on in life, she told me it's because really she married him because she wanted to be with me. And so I ended up moving in with them. We moved across the country to Maryland, lived there for a couple of years. And then being in the military, every couple of years, they move you around. So then we moved to Hawaii and, you know, we lived there for a few years. My mom ended up getting divorced and marrying my stepdad. And we ended up moving to Washington. And then we lived in Washington for a few years. And then we came back to California. So just right off the bat, at the time, I, I didn't see it. But at the time, I looked at it like that was a bad thing, right? Like, oh my God, man, I got to move somewhere every couple of years. And as a kid, it's traumatizing in the sense of, man, I just lost all my friends. I got to be the new kid all over again. I got to deal with trying to fit in, bullies, all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until later on in life that I realized that's actually one of the best things that ever happened to me because what it taught me is I can go anywhere, anytime, any place, and I can make friends. I can meet people. I'm somebody that just doesn't care in the sense about rejection. Everybody has a little bit of that rejection, but like I can go out and meet people and that developed my character over time. And just, you could drop me anywhere and I'll make it happen. So I would say that was one of the first things that I had to overcome throughout my life. Yeah, that's awesome. I that you share that, that very similar here, 17 moves, 21 years, dad, military family. I, I appreciate that you're able to take it as something that was really challenging in the moment and then go full circle years later and say, you know what, this is actually the best thing that could have happened because it helped yeah. to shape me. So thank right. you for connecting that dot. I wonder, do you have any uh, stories about that first day of school when you had to move again where there was a bully or there was the, you couldn't sit with anybody at lunch or just any challenging first day of school stories? And honestly, to be all, to be honest with you, I used to be a bully as well. I used to, in looking back on it, knowing what I know now, it's one of those things where you're being a bully because you don't want to get picked on. So it's hey, if I attack first, nobody can mess with me. And so I don't, there was definitely times you get in school fights and stuff like that. And then you start to go, okay, I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to be the terrorizer. And then as time went mm-hmm. on, I, I realized that's not nice and you shouldn't make fun of people and you shouldn't want to hurt people and everything else. But there was this one time actually in high school, and this was actually just a guy who was messing with me because this girl that I knew, she told him, but uh, this guy, his name's Mark Sabal. I think it was a freshman. He was a senior and he was state wrestling champ, way bigger than me, just like probably had 60 pounds on me. I was a skinny little twerp and as a freshman. And he came up to me. I forget what he said. But he's like, hey, man, you've been messing with so-and-so or you want to fight? And I just remember just, I just shrinked up. I was like, oh, my God, yeah, this is so scary. And he's like, nah, I'm just messing with you and blah, blah, blah. I was like, man. Oh. I actually, I would say in high school is when, I, is when I dealt with more of like bullies or people like that as opposed to more younger years. And, and, and I developed a, a callus around that. And, and uh, now that doesn't happen anymore, obviously. But yeah, whenever uh, you, you mention the name that that Mark character, does any specific emotion come up or is any emotion at all come up? No, no it was he was joking. He was like, ah, I'm just messing with you, dude. So and so put me up to it. And I was like, oh, damn. So yeah, no. And now I'm a purple belt in jiu jitsu. I know how to defend myself. I've been in tons of fights. So 
it is, you know, I don't have that anymore. Don't get me wrong. If something happens, your adrenaline is going to get running. But yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. honestly like looking back on it, one of the reasons why I wanted to learn martial arts and everything else because of all those instances. It's funny because in yeah. high school, there would be guys where maybe they were jealous because their girlfriend flirted with me or their, and then, and this definitely happened m- multiple times and they would pick on me and I would be afraid. I'd be like, you know, this guy's an older guy and he's going to beat me up. And now like those same guys, they would just, it would just 30 seconds and I just, take their life if I wanted to, but it led me to down that road of being a martial artist and, and everything else. Yeah. Do you remember the first fight you ever got in? What was that like? In high school? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess to high school. <laughs> Man, I, I don't remember the first one. Let me think. But I do remember one in particular. I think it's the only time I've ever been knocked out. I actually, these two guys were at a party and these two guys were like arguing and we're all drunk or whatever. We're like, I was like 16 and I was like trying to break it up. I'm like, Hey guys, blah, 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 calm down. And one of the guys turned to me, I forget what he said, but he's mind your own business or whatever. And he threw a punch and I dodged it. And then I just knocked him out and he just collapsed. Boom. And the next thing I'm waking, I'm like on the ground and I'm like waking up and my buddy's picking me up off the ground and taking me inside. And I don't know what happened. Well, later on, I found out that one of his buddies who was behind me, he saw me knock his buddy out. So he just ran up and just, boom, just knocked me out. It was one of those things where you, it was a flash knockout. I got, I hit the ground. I woke up. There was this other time. This is probably one of the more brutal things that that I've ever done to somebody, but it is what it is. All is fair in love and war. Me and my buddies, we we were at this graduation party and I don't know who started it, what happened, but there was like my crew and their crew and we, it, a melee just broke out in the middle of the street in the middle of the night. And so everybody just started fighting. Boom, boom, boom. I remember this old, I was probably 18, this like 40 year old dude squared up on me. We went back and forth and then he was like, this guy's getting the better of me. He went on and then I saw another guy who, somebody was on top of my buddy And this guy was coming in to pull my butt or my buddy was on top of somebody beating him up. And his, the guy who was getting beat up, his friend came and pulled him. And while he wasn't looking, I went up and I just hit him with the right hook, broke his jaw. He, he literally went like this and just (laughs) collapsed on the ground. So yeah, that was probably the, the most brutal thing I've ever done to somebody. But again, it is what it is. Yeah. I thank you for owning the challenges from the past and everything that's happened so far in our discussion. Yeah. So I appreciate you being transparent, Dom. And I'd love to move forward here to, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, was there a moment? Does fighting make you nervous? Uh, it, maybe it used to. I've talked about this, getting bullied until I grew bigger than everyone because I'm six, seven yeah. now and also oh, yeah, taking martial arts. Now. Not oh, now, what, but Mark there was a time. I took Weichiru karate when I started, which was just katas and I don't think it was really worthwhile in any way, shape, or form other than I got to wear a cool gi. Uh, then afterwards, now, uh, you say uh, purple belt and jiu-jitsu. There's a lot of guys in this group I'm a part of. The, how we got connected through Scott Groves that are in the front row dads. They do jiu-jitsu all the time. They're like super intense about it. So I'm by no means a purple belt and don't practice it regularly. But hanging out with people that are purple belts and, and higher in jujitsu and getting my butt kicked a few times that alone, I think qualifies me to at least have a bare understanding of grappling. Yeah. 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 Uh, a six month white belt can beat up most of the population. So yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I feel that the size will probably keep most people away and I don't talk loud enough to want to go and start fights anymore. So I, I, yeah, I haven't been in a fight. Yeah. I feel good about that. Now I envision there's a place. Have you ever seen that movie tombstone back in the early nineties yep. with Kurt mm-hmm. Russell, Val Kilmer, there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where the guy is taking the horse off of the train and he smacks the horse with the rope. Kurt Russell grabs the rope and smacks him. And says, doesn't feel good, does it? And it's the, the look in his eyes was enough that no one wants to mess with him. And I feel that with our size, that we may be able just to look and people don't want to fight unless they're like an MMA fighter looking for it. Yeah. They don't hang Even out at bars at night anymore. Really. No. You know? it, me, that's probably no. why I haven't been in a fight because I have a family and nobody, when you're in those scenarios, it's always a possibility. So, yeah. The things that we do earlier in life that teach us lessons that lead us to where we are now. Uh, I'd love to fast forward and go to where you are now. Dom the Hypnotist. How did you become Dom the Hypnotist, Dom? 
Yeah. So from 18 to 30 years old, I sold insurance for the most part. There was a time in there where I took a little break, tried to start up a solar company and I did a couple other things and it just, it didn't work out. And so I ended up getting back into doing insurance, like I said, up until about 30. And man, I, I remember the last year I was doing it, I would drive around every day. And I was just thinking to myself, oh my God, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. I hate doing this. <laughs> and I'm so tired of doing it. But I was making six figures. And so at the time, it, it seemed like a lot of money. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do it. And I'm really good at it. Like the last year I was there, I was the number two producer in the whole company. But I just dreaded going to work every day. Now, I'm a hard yeah. worker. Oh. I'm a grinder. I'll get the job done regardless of how I feel. But I, I just, I always, I just remember driving around thinking, man, I got it. There's something out there more for me. I just didn't know what it was. So anyways, my mother in Christmas of 2018, she purchased me, she, her, my gift for Christmas was a hypnosis course. It was a three-day introductory course. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I've always been interested in hypnosis and NLP, but I just never knew where to start or whatever the case may be. So anyways, she gets me this course. And I don't think anything of it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and maybe learn a cool party trick or release some stuff I've been holding on to. So three months later, I go to the course and in three days, I just completely shifted as a person. Like I got out of that course and I literally, I was just different and I could feel it. Like I could feel the energy in my body shift. Hmm. And so on that Monday, I said, you know what? All those days I was driving around hoping and wishing and praying for something else. I'm like, this is the thing. This is what I was put on this earth to do is help people feel like I feel right now. So now I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just did a three-day course. So obviously you got to like actually start learning. And so I I initially made a goal. I said, I want to do within six months or sooner, I want to fully transition over from doing insurance to doing hypnotherapy full-time. That's where I set my timeline. And the first week I went out and I worked with a bunch of people for free. I did 45 sessions. Some of them were quicker than others. Some of them were longer. And I just started taking action. Boom, 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 boom. After a week of working with 45 people, your confidence grows. And you realize, hey, you know what? It wasn't just the people in the course I could hypnotize. I could hypnotize people outside this course as well. So now the second week, I gained a little bit more confidence. And I said, okay, I'm still going to do the sessions for free. But in return, I want people to give me a testimonial, post it on their Instagram, their Facebook. So I went out and I worked with more people. So within that two-week time span, I worked with over 100 people. And now that I had people posting for me and, and getting testimonials, it was literally two weeks of the day. I woke up on a Monday. I had 10 appointments to go sell insurance. And I just literally, I could not physically get my body to go. Like my body's just like, we're done. You're not going in your car. You're not driving anywhere. You're staying here. And I messaged my assistant who still actually works with me till this day. And I said, Rochelle, message these people and call them and say, I'm not coming in today. And I said, that's it. I'm never selling another insurance policy ever again in my life. And I made that decision right after I made that decision. I got on the phone with my little brother. I said, yo, I'm going to do hypnosis full time. I need your help. I'm going to do two sessions with you for 200 bucks or whatever. It's something crazy. And he's like, oh man, I was like, dude, just help me out. Come on. Boom. Okay, cool. Got on the phone with my sister, did the same thing. And then long story short, that ended up turning into what it is now. For the first 12 months, it was a struggle. Like I took a huge pay cut to do this for a living, Mm -hmm. but it was, I, I, never once did I regret it. Never once did I go, oh man, maybe no, I was just happy doing what I do. And now it's led into to where we're at today. Wow. Okay. So hold on a second. So you said that the insurance 18 to 30, you took the course. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, it didn't escape me that you, your mom offered you the course and it took three months before you took the course, right? Well, so you no, took the course. She bought it, but then the course was scheduled for three months out anyways. It was three an in-person out. event. Huh? <laughs> okay. Three months out, you take the course, three days, and you're like, hold on a second, I got to do this. Six-month mm-hmm. window, six-month goal window. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, you're like, hey, Rochelle, I'm done. <laughs> Two yeah, weeks. Tell, tell them we're done. Isn't that Dude, crazy? wow. Now, here's why that this works. pulled the trigger music. fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and mind you, I was in like $80,000 worth of debt. 
I had a baby on the way and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just, <laughs> I knew it was the right thing to do. So I just pulled the trigger. The reason why that works so effectively, and this is a principle that I teach and that we, my, all my people on my team that we dive into people is when we set goals, which I like to call them destinations because a goal would assume you may or may not get there. Destinations is like, yes, we're going to get there. It's just only a matter of time. But when creating destinations, you've got to keep it within your sweet spot. And your sweet spot is essentially on a scale one to 10, you believe at an eight or a nine that you will achieve the goal. Because what happens is if you put too much on your plate too soon, it creates a lot of overwhelm. It creates a lot of disbelief and doubt and anxiety. And when we're in too much disbelief, doubt, and anxiety, we end up actually sabotaging and pushing those goals away. This is where procrastination comes in, all these kinds of things. Now, when there's a little bit of doubt, that's okay. That's actually good because that 20% of doubt is what's going to stretch you to get better. Now, if you're setting a destination that's a 10 out of 10, it's too easy. You need to stretch yourself. But again, if you're stretching yourself too far, if you're trying to lift 300 pounds and you barely lifted 150, the freaking weights are going to fall on your chest. So you got to build up to it. So my point of saying that is that initially my sweet spot was six months because if you told me, all right, Dom, you just got out of this course, it's Monday. In two weeks from today, you're going to completely quit doing something you've been doing your whole entire professional career. You're in all this debt. By the way, you got a baby on the way and you got to figure out how to make this a, a viable source of income within two weeks. I would have said, it's impossible. There's no way. Don't even try. But because I said it within yeah. that sweet spot, I took action. Through that action, a week later, my confidence grew. And then actually after the first week, I said, I could do this in three months. So my goal cut in half. And then after the second week, boom, here we are two weeks and it made it happen. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. I've so many questions. I just love to ask you this. Then you said it's led you to where you are now. T talk to us a little bit about where is the business now and what are some of the lessons along the way? Yeah. So now I have four hypnotherapists that work for me. I also have a team, a sales team as well, four people. We're actually adding on two more people here pretty soon. I just hired a COO, a chief operating officer to run all the back end day-to-day -day stuff. And so our team is growing really fast. So essentially, I've worked with over 2000 people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. That doesn't include like groups and, and everything else. But through that process, I just refined everything down to literally a science. And what I mean by that is we have a system where uh, and I could take anybody who's passionate about doing this and I could teach them this exact process. And within a week, they can cause massive change in somebody else's lives. And when I say that, taking somebody's, I want to be a hypnotherapist. I want to learn how to do this. I want to help people change their lives. I can teach them very quickly to where in their first or second session with somebody, they will give them such a life altering experience that 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 person that they're working with will never be the same in a positive way. And so when I first started off in hypnotherapy, as many people do, I didn't really know what was my niche? What was my thing? What did I want to do? I tried quit smoking and weight loss and addiction and anxiety, depression, all these different things. And after doing that, I just realized that the people that I love to work with the most are business owners and salespeople simply because I've, I was a business owner and a salesperson for a really long time. And actually, before I got into insurance, I sold marijuana. And this is back in the days when it was illegal. So I used to sell it, grow it, the whole thing. And then I decided, hey, let's take the professional route. I'm tired of worrying about the cops all the time. So from 16 years old, <laughs> I've always been an yeah. entrepreneur. You know what I mean? So I decided yeah. these are the people I want to work with. I want to work with people who who have problems, but they're coming to me because they want to excel, not necessarily because they're depressed and they aren't having a, they want to feel better. It's more of, Hey, I want tangible results. I want to come to somebody and their income doubles, triples, quadruples, five X's, 20 X's, whatever the number is. That's what I love helping people do because let's be honest, money solves most problems. And so if you can help people solve ah. that problem, that you can afford, help afford them a, an amazing life. So that's what I love to do. That's what I'm the most passionate about. So. Whew, man, I love it. So was there a point in this growth journey, Dom, where you realized that is exactly who I want to work with? I had to coach a lot of people through all these challenges to get to the mm -hmm. point where now I'm niched 
to work with business owners and, and other people? How did you get to yeah. that point? Of Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it is interesting. So in the NFL season of 2021, I started work with a client around like OTAs and before preseason, right? Now, this gentleman was like a fourth stringer. And we started working throughout the year and he started getting better. Number one, he's a hard worker. Number two, we're doing the mental work, right? We had a lot of clearing out we needed to do. Well, halfway through the season, because of all the work he was doing on his mindset and and the work he was putting in as well, he finally got his opportunity for his first start. So what we would do is we get together every Wednesday and in the NFL, when you're playing a new team, you got to memorize the new team's playbook, right? So, hey, they're in trips wide, look out for the slant or look out for the deep ball or the play action, whatever. So we get together every Wednesday and I put these plays in a hypnosis recording. Well, this Wednesday, obviously we jump on the call. He's like, yo, I'm a little nervous. This is my first start. So if there's anything extra we haven't done yet, now is the time to do it. So I said, okay. I said, you know what? Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to create the sleep hypnosis. I'm going to create this hypnosis recording and I want you to loop it throughout the night. So while you're sleeping, just have it playing in the background. Now, up until that point, although I was, I am a hypnotist and I was a hypnotist then, I wasn't really sold on the whole sleep hypnosis thing. I was kind of like, eh, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. You're sleeping. How do you know it works? Or you're blacked out. But I, I knew it wouldn't hurt. So I said, listen to it Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Sunday rolled around and he messaged me after the, day, after the game. And he said, Dom, I've never been more in tune with what the other team was going to do. And he said, it was like, I knew what they were going to do before they did it. So I'm thinking, all right, thank God it worked. (laughs) It it like actually helped. And also it got the wheels turning and I was thinking, all right, maybe there is something to this whole sleep hypnosis thing. So a a couple of weeks later, I found this, the sleep hypnosis on YouTube and it had millions of views and had thousands of comments. So I started going through the comments and, and there's just comment after comment after comment, people saying, I started listening to this. I made $10,000 this week. And some of them were smaller. I got $500 out of nowhere the next day. Deals are closing, all these things. And I'm thinking, is this real? There were so many of them. I was like, maybe it's bots. Maybe he paid people, but there were so many. I'm like, this is undeniable, right? So I figured I'm going to give it a shot. I got nothing to lose. I'm going to be sleeping anyways. I might as well do it. So I started listening to the sleep hypnosis on a Tuesday. And by Sunday, we had our biggest week ever at the time by about 50% more clients. Literally, what? like clients were coming, yeah, clients were coming out of the woodworks. I was getting DMs, phone calls from old clients, referrals. Like it just was like whoosh, right? So I was like, oh my God, this video is like actually working. But there was a huge problem. And the problem was 50% more. I didn't have a huge team like I do now. 50% more clients is great. But that also comes with 50% more work. And yeah. I was already tapped out as it, as it is. So I actually stopped listening to it. I was like, yo, I got to let this cool off a little bit. So I, I stopped listening to it. And that was what it was. A couple months later, an epiphany came to me. I'm like, Dom, that sleep hypnosis thing is really powerful. I'm a hypnotist. How about I just create my own sleep hypnosis recording? But instead of creating like more work. Let's do it around creating more money, more success while doing the same amount of work or even less. So this is where things start to get interesting. So I created this sleep hypnosis. I put it on my YouTube. I put it on my Instagram. And within a couple of days, people started getting results. They're like, dude, my deals are closing that weren't closing. My calendar's booking up. A couple of people got raises, just all these great things. And now I was I didn't know if it was going to work. I was kind of like, let's see what happens. And it started working. Well, then other people had a different response. And other people were like, dude, I think the file's corrupted. Something's wrong with it. I can't understand it. It sounds like it's in a different language, blah, blah, blah. So this is my first sleep hypnosis. It's eight hours. I figured maybe I screwed up something in like the editing process of making the video. I don't know. So I just chopped it up as what it was. A few months later, this is when I really started to niche down and I was like, you know what? I, I, I only want to help business owners and salespeople because that's what I'm after like working with all the different types of people. I would just find that when I jump on a call, with the business owner or a salesperson, I was just a little bit more excited, right? Cause I'm like, Oh, here yeah. we're going to go whatever. 
So I, when I made that decision, I started giving all my business owner clients and salespeople the sleep hypnosis as a part of their homework of going through my process. So <laughs> I start giving everybody that comes on the sleep hypnosis, same thing. Within a couple of days, people are like, deals are closing. I'm making more money than ever, blah, blah, blah. And then the other thing about people not being able to hear it. Well, on Sunday, I think it was Sunday, October 2nd, if I remember correctly, and one of my clients messaged, this is just last year in uh, 2022. And one of my clients messaged me and she goes, Dom, I think something's wrong with the recording. What's going on? She said, the first couple of days I could hear it perfectly fine, but now it's distorted. I said, oh, I've heard this before. Screen record it, send it to me and I'll see what's up. So she screen records it, sends it to me. I play it. I can hear it perfectly fine. So I, I tell her, I'm like, I can hear it fine. I don't understand the issue. Well, then about an hour later, she messages me back and she's, Dom, I think I'm going crazy. I said, what's going on? And she goes, I just showed my partner your recording. We're in the same exact room, listening to the same exact thing. And she can hear it perfectly fine, but I can't understand it. She said, it sounds like it's in a different language. So I'm just like, I'm sitting there. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, what? I just responded. What? Question mark, question mark. And, I'll, yeah. and I go, yeah. all right, I don't know what's going on. Let's talk about it next week in our session. So a week goes by, we jump on our call and I got to see it for myself. I'm like, what is this? So I share our, I share my screen and I play the recording and sure enough, I can hear it perfectly fine and she can't understand a word. She can read the captions on the screen, but it's not processing yeah. in her mind. So I just intuitively went with, I, again, this is all new to me. I don't know what's going on. So I, I figured, I said, her mind must be blocking it out because it's afraid. Like there's something in the recording that's causing her fear and her mind's like, no, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. I had her close her eyes and we went through the, it's an affirmation, right? It's two sentences or something. And we went through piece by piece, all the little parts of the affirmation. And basically I said, hey, subconscious mind, why are you not letting me hear this little part? Large sums of passive money come to me because I'm afraid that I won't be able to handle large amounts of success. Okay, cool. The next part is comes to me easily and quickly. Why are you not letting me hear that? Oh, because I believe that you have to work hard to make money and things can't come easily. Okay, cool. The next part is multiple sources. Why are you not letting me hear that? And she goes, I don't think I can handle multiple sources. And there's more to the recording. So long story. And she also believed that when she became really successful, her family would get jealous and envy her. She was afraid that people would attack her. She'd get lawsuits. People would try to steal from her. All these fears. There's like eight of them. So what we did is piece by piece, we went through, we removed each fear, each limiting belief. And then lo and behold, 45 minutes later, I play the recording and she can hear it as clear as day. So that's the basis of my program. Now, here's what's crazy. People that are listening to this, may not believe this. It is what it is. There's up and right now, as we're speaking, there's had to have been 200 or more people who have had this same experience. So it's not like it's yeah, a one-off yeah. thing. It's happened to, to many people. And believe it or not, I have clients that are multimillionaires and they'll listen to it and it'll get distorted on them as well. So it's not just like people that don't have money or that there's certain parts that'll start distorting on them that they, they can't hear. And I'll tell you, we'll stop here and I'll tell you some more. Before we got on the call, you said, oh, I told you I was just on a call with somebody. And it kind of ties into what we're talking about, but I'm sure you have some questions and I'll go over the call that I had this morning and it'll make this sound even crazier. So yeah, that's the yeah. basis of our program. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, I remember before we got on the call, I, I was looking at your Instagram and I saw a video of you sharing this story of mm -hmm. coaching this NFL player is amazing video. What's your Instagram handle for those out there listening? Dom um, dot the dot hypnotist. And you can find me on Dom the Hypnotist on all platforms. So YouTube. Yeah, it was amazing. So I was listening. I was like, what? Really? That happened with someone and it happened. It's like when you hear the word hypnotist, some people have the stigma attached to it, including myself. I've not mm -hmm. had a successful hypnotist session. I've not hired Dom yet, team. Maybe that's the learning lesson here. But the point right. is that there might be this block that people might have in the mind about hypnotism. So if there's someone listening mm -hmm. who's heard it, and they're like, oh, man, I don't know if I can hear hypnotist. Then yeah. what might you say to someone who might be blocked just the idea of hypnotist? Look, I had all the same stuff. I used to believe it's black magic. There's some special power they have. They're worshiping the devil. All the same that everybody thinks. Or I can't be <laughs> hypnotized. Everything. And what it is, is 
all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, which means that we all go in and out of hypnotic states all of the time, many times throughout the day. So if you've ever catch, caught yourself driving down the freeway and suddenly you arrive at wherever you're going and you're like, I don't remember the drive. It just, boom, you're there, right? You ever had that happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what happened yeah. there? You went into a state of hypnosis. Now you were conscious, you were aware, you were awake, but you went into that trance-like state where you lose track of time, there's a little amnesia, and that's all hypnosis is. Now the difference is between that and working with a professional is that we're purposely and intentionally doing, putting you in hypnosis for a reason, right? We want to find out what blocks you have, what fears, what limiting beliefs, so we can remove them so you can have more success in your life. So that's number one. Number two, most people associate hypnosis and hypnotists with stage hypnotists, which by the way, yeah. all that stuff on movies or on like YouTube of people doing a stage show, making people act funny, that's all real. And as a matter of fact, before I became a hypnotist, one of the first things I did when I moved to Las Vegas is I went to a hypnosis show because I had my doubts and I'm sitting there and you're like 30, 40, 50 feet away from the stage. And he brings all these people up, he hypnotizes them and, it, and, and, and it's, oh, these people are not acting. They're, they're actually, something's going on here. They're in some type of like trance or whatever. And I, at the time I was like, this is mind control. It's not. What it is is that there's a certain amount of people and there's certain types of people who are willing to go up on stage and go through a stage hypnosis show. Okay. There's certain people that aren't. And for a long time, I was one of those people, even when I, even after I became a hypnotist, I'm like, you'll never catch me up on stage. Hell no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> now yeah. I like, I'll, I'll be the goofiest one up there just cause I, it's fun. But typically when you see people on a, at a stage show, what happens is the hypnotist will bring up 30, 40 people. He does his little thing. And then there's only about eight, nine, 10 people that stay. And, and those eight, nine, 10 people that stay are just more open and willing in that moment to go through the, the hypnosis process. So it's like they're playing along, but they're not, but they are. So the way I always describe it to people uh, is imagine you're a little nervous to, to, to speak to people at a party, right? What do you do yeah. to get rid of nerves? I don't drink, but most people drink, right? And what happens after you have two, three drinks? Suddenly you're like, you're more open, you're more loose. You're not caring so much about what everybody's thinking. And that's the same feeling that hypnosis gives you when you're in those stage shows. You might come in, ooh, I don't know, I'm a little bit, okay, let me go up there. And once you relax your mind, you relax your body, your conscious mind kind of checks out, it gives you that same sort of like, all right, I don't care anymore. Let me just have a good time. So everybody could be hypnotized. Look, another thing people will say is only strong, only weak-minded people could be hypnotized. I said, that's funny. Tell that to my NFL clients, my UFC clients, my Olympic clients, my Navy SEAL clients. They're the, the yeah. most successful people in the world are the easiest to do hypnosis. You know why? Because they understand how to follow instructions. And number two, they want to get results. So when you say, hey, go into hypnosis, they will go into hypnosis because they want the outcome. That's what I'll say mm. to people who maybe don't know what it is or, or how it works or whatever. Yeah, they just they haven't tried it. They have tried, yeah. I've not tried your brand yet. I'm incredibly excited to try it now that we're talking. I remember I felt this very similar way about doing breath work. I'd never done it before. First time I ever did it, I was crying like a baby and I had a lot of breakthroughs because I, I was open to trying it and definitely open to trying what you're sharing. Can you yeah, share yeah. a story? And you don't have to name names, of course, with confidentiality. But can you share a story, Dom, of a meaningful client experience where they overcame something and it just, it's why you do what you do. Some meaningful example yeah. would be great. Man, I, I could set, share many stories <laughs> and there's so many great ones that we could go forever. One thing I'll tell you. So before I got on this call with you, right? Speaking of like the, your mind distorting certain things and everything else, I had a client and we jumped on the call and she said, Dom, I tell you something. I said, what? And she goes on Monday. So I do a co like a group call every Monday and I do different things. Yeah. I'll do, I'll teach techniques about just sales influence, how to use your language to be more persuasive, all that kind of stuff. I'll teach about body language. Sometimes I'll do hypnosis, group meditations. I'll tell stories. I just do d different things, right? This past Monday, I told the story about a friend of mine that passed away and, and the whole process of what that was like. One day he's there, one day he's not. And everything that followed it, the how everything turned up afterwards, and also tying into how a lot of people hold on to resentment and, and things like that, and how important it is to let go. Well, as this woman was on this call, she said, 
Dom, yeah, as you started telling the story, right around when you started talking about how when you picked up the phone and, and your buddy told you that your buddy had passed away, she said that everything from that point forward for about 20 minutes was distorted. She said, I literally couldn't hear what you were saying. Yeah. She said, you know how if you're underwater and people talk, she said it sounded like that. And then she said, and after 20 minutes of listening to you talk about that, I ended up falling asleep and my phone turned off. And it's fascinating because we talked about the money thing and how the mind will block it out and everything. Yeah. It's the same thing with everything. If your mind is afraid to address something, it's afraid to confront something, it doesn't want to do it, it'll do everything in its power to try to avoid it, right? So it'll distort you from hearing it. Believe it or not, it may even not allow you to see it, right? There's times in the world where the writing's on the wall, everybody can see the truth about something, but there's just certain people where you put their face in it, open your eyes, look. And they still can't see it. They're like, no, it's, this isn't the... So when our brain gets triggered in that way of the fear, it'll literally block you from hearing things, seeing things, et cetera. And anyways, we went through, we cleared everything out. And what was happening with her is, is essentially, look, for the audience, okay? Anytime there's a pattern in your life, it is not by accident. It is not bad luck. It is not out of your control. It is something going on deep within your subconscious mind that's projecting itself into your reality, okay? And what we discovered with her, and I'll tell you way crazy, I have, there's levels to the crazy stories I could tell. We'll go at like level, if one is the highest, we'll go level four right now. But, okay, um, because certain things, they're just not for everybody. But what we discovered this lady is there was a lot of avoidance of certain things going on. She had these, she's got these lawsuits and this and that. And what we discovered is that she believes she has to have a burden in her life in order for her to be motivated to get better. And she also believes that she had certain beliefs around men and her dad wasn't there. So she was like attracting these men that were like her dad to, to fulfill that sort of quote unquote dad in her life. But her dad was an asshole. He was everything else. And so she kept yeah. attracting them. And, and so once we let that go now, one of the crazier stories I can say, I would say this is probably level three. If number one is the highest, this is level three. I had a client come to me one day, really successful businesswoman, and she owns a couple companies and she came to me for business stuff. So first call we go through, we clear a bunch of stuff out. She feels great. Cool. The next week we had our second session booked and hours before our session, she messaged me. She goes, Oh, Dom, I, I got in a car accident and I'm not going to be able to make it. Now I know because of my life experience, because of thousands of people I've worked with, when you get into a car accident, when you have a lawsuit, when you have a, a, a blowout fight, when somebody robs you, these are not accidental. And this is a very hard concept for people to understand. And if you're listening to this, have an open mind to what I'm going to share with you, because when you can really understand this concept, it will completely change your mindset and, 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 and get you and empower you to be able to craft your life how you want it. So she gets in a car accident. She messaged me and I say, and, I, and I'm thinking in my head, oh, uh oh, there's something here. We're going to, we're going to have to dive deep into what's going on in this situation. So we, she scheduled her session the next week, hours before she's like, Dom, I have an extremely bad headache. My back is in pain and I have brain fog and I'm not going to be able to make it today. So I said, okay, have a little empathy, whatever. Next call, same thing. Finally, by the third time, I said, no, I don't care how you feel. We're doing this today because I know I can help her get rid of all these pains and everything else like that. So anyways, we finally jump on our call and I explained to her this foundational principle that everybody should really install deep into their being. And that is the principle of cause and effect. You can call it a law. You can call it a principle. You can call it a commandment, whatever you want to call it. So cause and effect states that in life, we're either at cause or we're at the effect. When we're at cause, it means we take responsibility for everything that happens to us. And when I say everything, I literally mean everything, okay? Everything. When we're at the effect, yep. everything. When we're at the effect, it's always somebody else's fault. It's his fault, her fault, the government's fault, my mom's fault, my teacher's fault, whoever. It's always some outside thing or entity or whatever. Now, when you're at the effect, you lose personal power to change because you're saying the reason why my life is this way is because of this outside force. So therefore you lose your power. 
So to give you guys a, a perspective shift on this, and then this story that I'm going to share with you is going to, it's going to, it's going to activate your pineal gland and it's going to expand your consciousness and it's going to change your paradigm. I had a client one day, she goes, you're, you can already feel it. I know you can. And I had a client one day and she came to me, she's like, we're talking about her problems and challenges we'll say. And she's like, this is happening because my ex-husband, he manipulates me all the time. He's so manipulative. He's just such a good manipulator. You don't know him, Dom. He's a good manipulator. I said, okay. Now is she at cause or is she at the effect? She's at the effect. She's saying the reason why my life sucks is because of him. So I stopped there and I said, okay, is it that he's a good manipulator or are you easily manipulated? Because there's a difference. One is it's his fault. There's nothing I can do. The other one is no, I'm allowing this to happen. This is happening because of me. And once she had the realization of, oh, I'm allowing the manipulation to happen. Guess what happened to the manipulation? It stops, right? Now, how does this tie into what I was talking about with the woman? I explained her cause and effect. And I said, look, you created this accident in your life. And again, people listening to this are going to have a very hard time. With, some people are going to have a hard time with listening to this. And some people who have an open mind, this is going to, again, be one of those nuggets that, change, that changes their paradigm. I explained her. I said, look, okay, let's pretend, let, just for the sake of the call, let's just pretend you created this, okay? Just humor me. Okay. Now, by the way, okay. we get on the call. She said her headaches like a 12 out of 10. Her back aches like an eight out of 10. And her brain fog is so bad that she like can't remember things. She keeps losing track. She can't focus. So anyways, we go through my process. This was a process I was telling you about where I could take anybody who wants to help people, who wants to be hypnotist. I can teach them these step-by-step questions and this process, and you can create massive change in people's lives. And so long story short, what we discovered is that her subconscious mind told her the reason she created this scenario of this accident is because she wanted a break in her life. She's a successful businesswoman. She takes care of her. She pays all her family's bills. She has a business partner who's lazy, doesn't work. And she's constantly taking on the workload and she's always helping everybody else and nobody ever helps her. So her sub, as she's in hypnosis and she's like this and She's I just need a break. I think I created this accident to, to give myself an excuse to take a break because otherwise she wouldn't, right? She's very hard charging, no excuses, that kind of thing. So anyways, we discover that, we let it go. She opens her eyes and she's like, oh my God, that was crazy. And I said, yeah. And I go, how's your head feel? Where's your headache? And she's like, it's gone. I said, are you, are you sure? Check, double check. And she's like, yeah, I don't feel it anymore. I said, okay, how's your back feel? And she's like, oh my God, that's gone too. I said, okay, where's your brain fog? And she's like, no, I can think clearly again. So the reason I share that is anytime something like this happens, it is something internal that needs to be addressed. And until you address it, your body will send you signals. And the way it sends you signals is pain, brain fog, headaches, backaches, disease, cancers, all these things are like your check engine light is just flashing. Hey, there's something we need to address. And in her case, she needed a break. She needed to take some time to give herself that, that, that time. So that is probably one of the mo- more paradigm shifting ex- experiences that I've, that I've ever had with a client. And again, I got a hundred of those stories like that. That's amazing. When that happens, when you have that level of, of change that you see happen in someone real time live, uh, how does that make you feel or what does that do it's inside the best feeling the in the world? It's the best feeling yeah. in the world. You know, on Monday, we had our biggest revenue day ever. We did like $53,500 in sales on Monday and it felt okay. Like seriously. And part of the reason why that is because I've been visualizing this for so long that now it just... My, I'm used to it. My, even though I had it, that was the first time that number happened. It, mm-hmm. you, when you visualize, I always tell people visualize something so vividly and so frequently that by the time it happens, it feels like deja vu. It feels like I've been here a hundred times because it is. So anyways, we have that $53,500 or whatever it was day. I was like, cool. My team was more excited than I was. I was like, I already knew this was coming. So whatever. Another gentleman the other day, he was sick. He kept rescheduling our calls. I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. And I already knew where it was going, but I don't tell people. I like to, to let them discover for themselves. So we jump on the call and whatever. And this guy, since he came on board, his company just started exploding. 
And he's like, dude, we're going to have our first six figure month. And before that they were doing like 30, $35,000 a month. So tripled his income in like six weeks or whatever. Well, in the process of that happening, there's also a lot of growth and a lot of things that have to happen in order for you to continue to go. What we discovered after putting him in hypnosis, hypnosis, he went back to his childhood. He said, Dom, it's funny because when I was like in kindergarten, I used to always make myself sick and I would I'd be coughing and pretending like I'm tired, I'm sick and this and that. And he's as soon, cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to do the schoolwork. I don't want to be at work. I want to be at home with my mom. And he's as soon as I found out I'd go home with my mom, I wasn't sick anymore. And I said, okay, how does that relate to what's going on now? And he goes, I think I'm making myself sick to give myself an excuse to not do all these little tasks and things that I know I need to do in order for the company to grow. So it's like my way of giving myself an out to not have to do the work. And then once he found it out, he opens his eyes. Suddenly he feels 10 times better and he has a solution to what he needs to do in order to not have this experience. And I've had this with many, I had a lady who same kind of scenario, she kept getting sick. We jump on the call. She's like, every time she has twins that are three years older in preschool, every time my kids get sick, I always get sick, but my husband doesn't. I'm like, all right, let's go in. And what we found out with her and by the way, we get on the call. She's pale. She like barely is able to even stay awake. She's tired. She's worn out. She's got twins. She's too wow. sick, whatever. We go through what she discovered. What we discovered with her is when she was a kid, her mother abandoned her and was at first was mean to her and then abandoned, left all together. And she thought subconsciously, hey, I don't ever want my children to have that same experience. So therefore, whenever they're in pain, I got to be in pain. Whenever they're sick, I got to be sick because it, it keeps us connected. Once we discover that, we mm-hmm. release it. She opens her eyes. I'm getting the chills talking about it. She opens her eyes and she's like, oh my God, Dom, I'm not sick anymore. And I was, this is the first time this ever happened. Like one of these little experiences ever happened. And I said, I was like, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, no. I, she's like, I'm fine. I feel great. I have all this energy. And her face had blood. Her eyes are glowing again. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe that. She's like, I am not sick. I feel totally fine. And so these are the paradigm shifting experiences that many people have when going through our process with me or with one of our you no know, hypnotherapists. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Ah, how might someone who's listening today uh, find out more about your process? Uh, I, I have an open mind. I want to find out more. How might I find out more yeah. about your process, Dom? Yeah. So like I said, I, my salespeople are also trained in hypnotherapy. So our initial consultation, you can call it a sales call, whatever is not just that. Because what we actually do is we take you through a a step-by-step process to discover and bring to the surface why these issues. So I'm telling you all these people like, oh, I found this out. That's what we do on our initial call. We do a deep dive so that we can know, here's all the stuff we got to clear out. Now, being aware of it is half the battle. The other half is actually going through and clearing it. And that's where we that's where we come to place. I can give you a link. Somebody can go in. They just book a call on our calendar. One of my certified hypnotherapists will do the initial intake call. And then we uh, put together a plan custom, custom to you on what we need to do. Now, with my program, we have a four-pronged approach. And maybe this changes in the future. But as of now, this is the process we do. You have your one-on-ones because you need to have one-on-one attention. One-on-one is obviously the most powerful. It gives you the fastest results because you have that third party, right? Or that that second pair of eyes. Number two, we put you through my money magnetism program. So the sleep hypnosis I mentioned, there's also a deeper dive into that, which isn't long. It's not some like, oh my God, it's going to take me 40 hours to go through this process. No, it's very quick. You learn how to do your own self-hypnosis so that any point in time, if you ever feel blocked, Rather than having to go run to a hypnotist or go find somebody, you can remove your own blocks like that. Two, three, four, five minutes. You can have something that's been weighing on you for your entire life and then it's gone. So you go through that process. Now, again, we have people of all income levels and my clients that are the richest still have money blocks. They still believe they have to work really hard in order for it to be worth it. They still believe that things can't come quickly. They have all these beliefs. So you go through that. Then I do a weekly group call where we do, like I said, meditation, mindset, and and things like that, which is extremely powerful because number one, you're in a group of people. So you're around like-minded individuals, other business owners, other salespeople who are also wanting to get better. So you get a lot of people who ask really good questions where you're like, oh, I never thought of that. Okay, cool. And on top of that, being that I run a a seven-figure business that's going to be eight figures very soon, you get to work with somebody not just on the 
yes, there's a subconscious beliefs and everything, but also there's tactics, there's strategies, there's techniques that I can, in one sentence, I can go, oh, you're having, somebody asks a question, do this, do that instead. And then that one thing completely changes their business, right? So you have that aspect as well. And then the fourth and final thing is we do an in-person event and we have one coming up at the time of this recording. It's August uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th live here in Las Vegas. And that is another breakthrough that people get as well. And they get to come out and if they can't do it in person, they can do it virtually, but they get to come out again, be around all these like-minded people who are in personal development, who want to get better. I always say the best people I've ever met, in my opinion, are at personal development seminars. So if you're a single man looking for a girlfriend or you're a girl looking for a dude, personal development seminar is the best place to do it. If you're in business, you're looking for a business partner, you're looking for people to, to buy your products, personal development seminars are the best place because it's people who are willing to invest in themselves. They're willing to spend the time to go there. So these are just the best people in my opinion. And so we do that. And that where is where we go even deeper into helping people get personal breakthroughs, mindset shifts, and then people actually get to come out because we do everything virtually. People get to come out, get hypnotized by me live in a group session. And I go even deeper into stuff. Like I, I purposely hold stuff off for the event that I don't teach in my groups. I don't teach in my program so that it, it makes mm. it like a new experience for people. So it's a very powerful process. It's a life-changing paradigm shifting experience because you get all of these things. When I, don't get me wrong, can you still get an amazing breakthrough by only doing one-on-ones? Absolutely. I did that for a long time. And then what I realized is that like people get a breakthrough and then they get stuck again. So now they're at a new level. Cool. They get the breakthrough, but then they, there's another ceiling, right? So by having mm -hmm. the groups, having the program, having the event, it's just breakthrough. And that's why we get, I've had people come to our program within five, six weeks, they double, triple, quadruple, five X their income within five, six weeks. I got a, one of my other clients, he, he was uh, doing solar in uh, 2021, I think it was, he did 300,000 in sales for the whole entire year. I just talked to him a couple months ago. Now the guy's doing half a million dollar months, not year, months. And wow. that was within like a year of going through our program. He, his income went up like 20 times in one year. So that's how powerful reprogramming and programming your subconscious mind is when you go through this process. Wow, it's absolutely amazing. And this is just proof is in the pudding here. The number of testimonials you'll see oh, people insane, that go to yeah. Dom's Instagram. You've heard the stories today and I've witnessed this and seen it on the Instagram and hearing you share the stories and you're seeing the testimonials. It certainly works. And if you've gotten in this conversation, dear listener, to a place where you're at the edge of the pool, you have an open mind to try it, then reach out to Dom the dot hypnotist Instagram. I think right now when I look, there's 70,000 followers on it. He's legit. And I'm, I'm looking at him in the eye right now. And, and this is authentic and this is genuine. And Dom, thanks yeah, so much for joining us today. It. My they friend. know, they feel it. Yeah. And look, here's the thing. I feel if it right if now you, in your presence. I feel, you feel it. it, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's just energy. Yeah. And look, if you've made it this far in the podcast, it's because you need a breakthrough. You want a breakthrough. And guess what? You deserve a breakthrough. And if you don't think you deserve a breakthrough, that is a subconscious block. And I don't deserve a breakthrough. Believe me, you deserve a breakthrough. Go click the link wherever this is, book a consultation. And I promise you, you're going to go, damn it, Dom, where the hell were you five years ago? Where the hell were you 10 years ago when I started this journey of personal development or a business or whatever? You're definitely joining us at the right time in the life for a number of people who are going to hear this. So listeners, I encourage you to go check out Dom. A couple questions to wrap things up today. Yeah. I'd love to go to our lightning round. Ding, ding, ding. When I say eternal optimism, what is eternal optimist or eternal optimism? What does that mean to you? Yeah. Eternal would mean till the end. And optimist is you have a, it's a glass half empty or the glass half full mentality. And that's everything. I was just telling somebody this the other day, there's this meme on Instagram. I've seen it. And it's two guys. They're on a park bench. It looks like they're probably in New York. One guy's dressed in a nice suit, tie, watch, shoes, everything just looks like a million bucks. And the guy sitting next to him is homeless. He's got a beanie and a jacket and he's all dirty and you could tell he's you're not going not in a good place and underneath the the thing it says these are two brothers and when the stock market guy or whatever he was when he was asked hey what's the key to your success what how did you end up at this point he said my dad was an alcoholic he was an asshole and he used to beat me and so i made a promise to myself that i'll never ever ever be like my dad 
And that motivates me every single day. And they ask the guy, the homeless guy, they say, hey man, how did you end up homeless? How did you end up an alcoholic? And he said, because my dad was an alcoholic, he was an asshole, and he used to beat me. So two people, same exact circumstance, completely opposite results. And why is that? Because the guy in the stock market suit, he's an eternal optimist. He's looking at the glass half full, whereas opposed to the guys going, oh, woe is me, the glass half empty, play a victim. So that's the mentality. When we talk about internal optimists, I also think of being at cause, taking responsibility for everything that happens in your life, figuring out how to solve the problem, figuring out how to find solutions for everything that comes your way. So that's what I would say eternal optimist means to me. It's perspective. Whew. You may have just won first prize gold medal, a best answer in the history Let's of the go. universe. So that is, that is a win. That is a definite win. Damn it. That was awesome. Well, so Dom, you're a learned man, you're an educated, you're self-reflective. I wonder if there have been any books, one to three books that have had an impact on you in this journey of yours. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, man, what books should I read? And to be quite honest, I don't read a lot. Mm -hmm. I do listen to podcasts. One thing I love more than anything is taking in-person courses and even group courses where I can learn directly from the source, right? So like, tomorrow or this weekend, I'm going to a three-day mastermind at this gentleman's house here in Las Vegas. And he's actually a hypnotist and he does a lot of speaking from stage and everything. And so I'm going to go learn from him. A month ago, I went to a three-day workshop that he did. And not next week, but the week after he's doing a four, I I paid for this whole entire program and I'm going to a four-day thing. Then in in August for three weeks, I have a training, an NLP training It's three weeks long. And then after that, I'm going to put on my own event. And then after that, I have another three-day thing I'm going to. So I like to do live, either live in person or live online, because you get to go directly to the source. But if I had to answer that question on what books to read, there's a great book. I I didn't read it, but I listened to the audio book. It's by Alex Hermosi. He talks about like creating irresistible offers. I forget the name of the book. That's a very great book because it, it is some mindset stuff, but it's more tactics and strategies. That's so There you go, $100 million offers. Yep, <laughs> yeah. that's a great book that I've listened to. And yeah. I, would say, I would say that was that book. And then definitely there's this book called The Wizard Within. It's a book by this gentleman who is a hypnotist. And this is the first book I ever read on hypnosis. And I consumed this sucker in a day. <laughs> I, just, I just sucked it all in. It was part of our process for the thing. And a book I just recently read is a book called, and this is very good for people who are in business, it's called Rocket Fuel. And what Rocket Fuel is about is helping you understand the importance of having an operations person, right? So my favorite thing to do is this, speak, tell stories, motivate, inspire, open up people's minds, get that pineal gland activated so they can take their lives to the next level. This is what I love to do. Now, systems, operations, putting stuff together. I don't want to do that. So having somebody, this book teaches you the importance of it, how to find the right person, everything else. And so just having that person that can support you in your journey. So if you're running the business, if you own the business, what key players you need? So that's a very great book that has definitely changed my life because, oh my God, I don't have to do as much computer stuff. I don't got to do all this other stuff. I get to focus on me. So it's amazing. Awesome. And this has been so enlightening and inspiring to hear you meet you today, Dom. It's just been a real pleasure. We'll wrap up with this one last thought. We yeah. were introduced by, by a mutual friend by the name of Scott Groves. What's uh, a reason that when you think of Scott Groves caused you to smile? Yeah. Uh, he always has a good attitude. Actually, let me say this, Scott. Maybe he's watching this. When we do jujitsu, he, he kind of, I'm not going to say it, forget it. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> I'll leave. Uh, he tell us, tell hey, us. What, what Are were you, you going to say? <laughs> no, no. Actually, well, when I, I haven't trained as much recently because I keep getting injured. And it's like one injury after another after another. And also I'm building out my business where now that I have my operations person in, for a while there, it was like, 18, 20 hour days. And you, you, there's no time for jujitsu because I just hired all these people. And if I take a step this way, everything could crumble. So it was a very delicate time where I just had to put the nose of the grindstone. Now that I have my operations person and, and we clean stuff up a little bit more, I'm going to have all the time in the world to do jujitsu. Actually, as a matter of fact, she, you know what she told me yesterday? She goes, Dom, 
I don't want you to do any of this backend stuff. I'm going to take care of everything. All I want you to do is I want you to wake up, go work out. I want you to go home, eat. Then I want you to go get a massage. Then I want you to go get acupuncture. And then we're going to have you at such a high vibration, such a high level that when you come into these calls, you're just going to be dominating even more. And I was like, that's exactly what I want. But I would say Scott is a very personable guy. He's He has his own way of being funny and quirky as well. And, and he does stuff like this. Like I didn't ask, he didn't, he was just like, Hey, let me connect you with, let me connect you with Matt. But right now to answer your question about the, I would say we're probably, and I'm a lot bigger than him. We're probably pretty even on the mats just because he train. he's, he takes private. He's very dialed in. I got, oh, yeah. if I was his size, he would whoop me for sure. hundred percent. Even right now. <laughs> so, I'll be honest. Like he'll probably get me. I'm 235. He's probably 180. So I got 55 pounds on the guy. So luckily. Nice. Oh, man, just thanks so much for gracing us with your time, man. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. And uh, we wish you the best, on, sir. Matt. Yes, sir.